Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zoot. And it is wonderful to be back here in standard time with Daylight Savings ending, isn't it? It is, although I will say, I'm not a farmer, I don't need to churn butter at 6am, I have electricity. If it's dark, or if it's light, it makes no difference to me, I will go about my day as normal. Can we just please end daylight savings already? Yeah, for any of you who don't live in Hawaii or Arizona, um, we, we switched over in the U.S. Uh, to uh, to standard time. It sucks. I hate it. And and when you have kids, it's that much worse. Oh, it's horrible. We're pets. They don't care. And here's another uh, group of people who don't care. Farmers. Yeah, because they have electricity and lights and stuff now, too, so... They feed the cows at the same time every day, regardless what time it actually is, because they go by the sun. Yeah, kind of funny how that works, eh? Uh, Gotta love it. I hate you, clocks. Um, Yeah, so I'm like an hour more tired than I should be right now. And I've been driving all day, too, so that's not helping. No, it should be a fun fun show, though. Oh, tons of fun. Tons of fun. Hey, and, shout out to... Oh, sir, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, I'm not all pissy this time, because we haven't really talked much in our pre-show, so we, we didn't discuss non-show items to get me all riled up. I know, right? Should we do that now? No, let, let's let's wait. Let's get through our sponsors first. Okay. Um, hey, uh, shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, uh, Geek Factor Radio, Radio KSCR, and all of our awesome, awesome friends, including the new one who just signed up, over at patreon.com slash stolen droids. Yeah, I saw we got a new subscriber. Uh, I haven't even had a chance to see who that was, but thank you for, for jumping on the bandwagon there. You know who you are, and you know we love you. We do. Our eternal gratitude is eternal, because that's like what it means. Undying. Right. We right. thank you. Good job. Hey, we have feedback. Sweet. Yes, and it is from Ruff. Uh, Ruff uh, says, I finally downloaded the latest episode, only to find that you have morphed into a cooking show, giving out recipes for pumpkin spice. Let's see where this ep goes. Um, regards, Ruff, Moose Knuckles Unite. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a certain genre of website, actually. He then wrote back again uh, with the subject line, episode The Great Docs. I was driving today and listening to the above episode where you read out my alter ego and then paused. I obviously noticed, but laughed when you said, I don't think I was meant to say that. No worries. I googled that name and rough and it didn't find me. My ID is hashtag hackzonerproof. Cheers, rough. Yeah, I'm just thinking um, nothing is hashtag Hackzoner proof. Because well, if it was, hashtag Hackzoner would not be a thing. It's not really a fair comparison when you use your actual name as your handle. That is true, because I am who I am. I, 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 don't, I don't try and hide that fact. But I'm not going to give out my social security number on the air. I was about to expect you to go into that whole uh, Wreck-It Ralph bad guy's affirmation yeah it's it's not gonna happen so i'll never be good and that's not bad <laughs> i'm bad and that's good i you know that movie came out five years ago uh this last week i think Jeez. and and i saw it in the theater and i haven't seen it since i was very disappointed in it when i saw it at the theater and it's not that it was a bad movie it's just it had been so hyped up to me I don't think it lived up to the hype. Yeah, I want to discuss something about that later, about my favorite. Um, but for now, let's get into our headlines for this week. Let's do it. Because we, we got some fun stuff this week. We got some uh, disturbing stuff, actually. Let's start with the most disturbing. <laughs> Considering I was just traveling. This is, this is really messed up. Uh, TripAdvisor, uh, for any of you listeners who use that, you may want to rethink yeah, so um, you go to TripAdvisor to find out, okay, how is this hotel I, I'm looking at? Uh, how is the pool? Um, well, do they have a restaurant on site? How is the service there? Um, do they have nice towels? What do the rooms look like? What kind of amenities? Will I get raped? Um, oh, no, you don't go to your hotel website to find that out? Um, 
Well, it turns out that there's a particular Mexican resort, uh, whose name I can't pronounce, where someone was raped and posted about it on TripAdvisor, who promptly deleted the post. And then a few years later, another person was raped at that same resort, and their post was deleted. And then another couple, um, both the husband and wife, passed out, and suddenly she woke up raped. Yeah, they they were actually drugged. Somebody, yeah. somebody slipped something to them in their drinks. Um, TripAdvisor has admitted, uh, yeah, we, we deleted those posts. Um, you know, one of them wasn't very family friendly and the other one was just hearsay and holy crap. You like, know, okay. uh, go, sorry, go ahead. What, my, what were you going to say there? My first thought when I saw this is you're going to a resort for a vacation. You may be taking your family. You want to know if it's family friendly. So you're going to look at the reviews, and if they deleted a review that they say wasn't, quote, family friendly, then, you know, whatever. But if that review says that your family is going to be drugged and raped while you're there, how is that family friendly? Because drugging and raping doesn't seem very family friendly to me. Haven't you seen Hostel? <laughs> no, I have not. Neither will I. Um, look, I... Okay, so... With the whole sexual um, misconduct, assault, all the allegations going through Hollywood and every other industry right now, it's important to note that it's vital people believe accusers. Am I saying that right? You don't want people to feel they can't come forward for fear of not being believed or being criticized, which was the norm. And to a large degree, sometimes still is. Yeah, I was going to say, to a large degree, it still is. However, there's a fine line between guilty until proven innocent as well. Sure, you, yeah. You don't want it to become a witch hunt. Right, exactly. So on one hand, I can understand TripAdvisor having some kind of hearsay policy in place. You don't want simply a disgruntled customer going on and saying something that inflammatory about a business if it can't be backed up. True. So I, I, I want to skate this really fine line here because I understand why TripAdvisor would have a hearsay policy. All that being said, I think if it's the third time people are different people are posting about this same resort, I don't think it's hearsay at that point. I think yeah. it's safe to say that maybe you done screwed up. There, there's something up there. There's something or, or something going down or, or something is not right. <laughs> it um, is, yeah, it is. It is not a good thing. Now, TripAdvisor did apologize when that first uh, post was put in there in 2010. 2010. Yeah, it was like yeah. seven years ago. They had much stricter uh, guidelines saying that everything had to be G rated when they went back and realized that. Nope, that's not right. We'll go ahead and change that. They never actually put in. They'd never restored that post. And even once, even now, once the things have been restored, they're still buried under seven years worth of reviews for that place. Yeah. If I'm going to look at a resort that I'm going to go to on TripAdvisor, I'm going to be looking at like the last three to four months, probably at most. I'm not going to be looking seven years ago because so much can change in seven years. Right. And so, I mean, uh, the thing is, I don't know that that any authorities were ever contacted or anything like this, but I would hope, you know, as, as, a, as a trip advisor executive, if I see somebody is reporting this, I would probably contact them and say, hey, what steps were taken? Were the authorities contacted? You know, what needs to be done to ensure this doesn't happen again? As opposed to just clicking delete on the post. I, I think it was pretty irresponsible. They probably should have done a lot more than they did. What's crazy is the fact that I'm, I'm here on the TripAdvisor site. In fact, I just Googled um, Iberostar. I-B-E-R-O-S-T-A-R. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. But I just Googled them. And do I find even this news story? No. 
No, I find Foursquare. I find TripAdvisor. Okay, fine. Let's go into TripAdvisor. Surely this must have been brought up by now. I mean, there's a freaking news article about it. No, they still have a 5.0 rating with 84% of their guests saying excellent and only 1% saying terrible. Let's go here uh, to the terrible bedbugs. Well, that's not good. Um, uh, wedding couples beware. Um, uh, they, they didn't get that bad experience. Uh, we had to return two days before they wouldn't refund us. Okay. Huge zombie resort without any concept. Not sure what that means. Um, customer service has sure gone down. No mention of getting raped. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, I, I don't even know what to respond to that. I mean, that's good, I guess, that there's not a whole lot of rapes going on recently. I mean, it's that's generally a good thing that raping isn't happening there. I... But yeah, I, I don't know. I think... I think that's irresponsible on TripAdvisor's part. Like I said, I think they should have done something more than just delete the post. If I have somebody, if I'm running a website and I have somebody posting a review of something with such serious allegations, I'm going to reach out to them. And yeah, that's not really their job, but it kind of is to ensure the, the quality of the reviews that people are posting. Oh, here's one that complains about the Wi-Fi. Oh. Well, you know, bad Wi-Fi is, I mean, that's hell on earth right there. So that that's a good thing to complain about. I mean, I guess, you know, not to, not to take up our entire hour on this one Mexican resort, but it does raise questions. Like how would a company like TripAdvisor verify claims like these? I say, I don't know that they can, but they can at least attempt to. They can attempt to get some stories. I mean, if I'm running a review site, you go to the person making the claim. You go to the resort. You say, hey, this is what this person is saying. What do you say about this? And if necessary, you alert the authorities. I mean, it's. I don't think it's that difficult. And yeah, it's Mexico and the authorities are all corrupt. But still, you got to at least make it look like you're trying. Right, right. You got to make it look like you're doing something as opposed to just saying, nope, you violated our G-rated policy because rape is a bad word. Yeah, it's an even worse thing, TripAdvisor. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially if you're on the receiving end of it. It's just bad in general. Um, let's go into something else that's bad, though not as bad as rape. I want to say that that's a show title, not as bad as rape, but something tells me we're going to get flagged by basically every distribution channel we have if I if I do that. You know though, we might we might get a lot of traffic. <laughs> so, all righty. Uh, this is this is significantly like you got rape and then like way down the list the stuff we're talking about. So, way way down the list. It, it's it's like yeah. Yeah. Not not but, to try and make light of, of sexual assault. But. but what we're about to talk about is slightly further up the list than bad Wi-Fi at the hotel. Yes. Um, so the Google Pixel 2 XL, which launched a little bit ago and has had problems with screen burn-in and some of the units kind of expanding and possibly exploding and certain phones launching without their screen attached. Um <laughs> Zonner, you mentioned this last week, and I think you may be right. I think like an entire batch of them just completely skipped QA because some of them are launching without an operating system. Like, yeah, pe people are getting them and they're turning it on. And it's like no operating system, which makes me wonder how are they being activated? Because usually you go into the into the phone store. And they always turn it on and do stuff. Even if they don't need to, they do so that they can charge you the $35 activation fee. It's ridiculous. So how are these, how are these getting into consumers' hands? It's crazy. I'm, I'm like, what the crap? I mean, I know that the idea behind the Pixel phones is that they don't have bloatware, but this seems like it's taking it to an unhealthy degree. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you you don't have bloatware. You don't have an operating system either. Congratulations. A hundred percent of your uh, storage is available. Yes. You finally get that, that full 64 gigs to do with as you choose. I. That's hilarious. Like I mean, what the crap? I mean, yes, we're speechless. It's, it's so stupid. Yeah, it just it makes it makes no sense how that can happen. But I I honestly think that they just had a bunch of phones go with no with no QA process. I that's the only explanation here. It's the only thing that makes sense. Which is, if you're Google, you got to be better than that. You got to be better. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. You rest on your laurels. Apple gets away with it. Why not Google? I, I just... Mm. So, in other news, they um, have said, quote, We've received reports of the Pixel 2 XL devices exhibiting image retention on the screen and have been actively investigating them. Um, translation, burn in. Extensive testing of the Pixel 2 XL display shows that its decay characteristics are comparable to OLED panels used in other premium smartphones. Um, that's a lie. Because I've been using my Galaxy S8 Plus now since launch. I have no burn-in whatsoever. None. I have burn-in on my Galaxy S7. Do you really? I do. From Waze. From Waze. Waze. Yeah. Waze they're killing me. That app I, is killing me. I had a Nokia. My Nokia 810 had an OLED display. And I didn't have any burn-in until Waze. And I've been using it for two years at that point. Yeah. So, sorry, Google, that's not a valid answer. Uh, they've also said, uh, we've received, based on feedback we've received since announcing Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL, we learned that some users do want even more vibrant colors. So, through a software update to Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL, we will soon be adding a new saturated color mode. Okay. Um, as for clicking audio, they say that they have a fix coming for that. Um, they're not really sure. They aren't really saying what that's going to be. However, that's a problem because it's uh, the clicking is being introduced from the NFC chipset. They say it's from a software bug. Um, just so we're all clear here, this top of the line flagship phone has nfc that breaks the audio a screen that doesn't have full brightness or capabilities and will burn in the dull image you've been given but that's only if you're lucky enough to actually have an operating system on the phone right <laughs> this is this is like comically bad meanwhile razor is launching their first phone which goes on pre-order, I want to say, in about a week, middle of November. And it's just getting rave reviews. Now, Razer, that's like the gaming mouse company. Yeah, they're making a gaming phone, which I know, I know, sounds stupid. And it is stupid. But the phone has a 120 hertz refresh rate. And it has V-Sync, which means that the screen's refresh rate will sync up with the frames per second that the game is showing. So there's never any tearing. And a 4,000 milliamp battery. Nice. And, qu and quick charge four, which is better than even my phone. Yeah. So, um, like, what the crap, Google? Razer's doing better. Now, who manufactured the Pixel phones? Because usually Google will outsource that. Like, I want to say it was just Google. Would, do it, did Google do their hardware for that? Mm-hmm. Because I know like LG did the Nexus 5 and I mean, they had... Didn't HTC do one of the Nexus 6 devices? Yeah, or? yeah. And then it switched back to LG and yeah. Motorola did one. I mean, they, they bounced back with manufacturers, but yeah, I, I'm not sure who exactly oversaw the whole... The whole Pixel Two development, but yeah, if that's if that actually is Google, Google's an ad company. They really ought not to be doing hardware like this. They they're they're not doing well with it. No, no, not at all. And I know people are probably screaming at their at their 
phones or computers or whatever. How can you say Google's an ad company? Google's an ad company. You're the product they sell you. Yeah. Sorry, people. That's how it's been for years. Yes. Um, okay, let's move on to iPhone. <laughs> so, true story. Um, I was down uh, visiting family down in Arizona. Uh, family's 50th uh, wedding anniversary. So, big, big anniversary party. We all drove down, uh, drove eight hours to get down there. Everything's great. Having fun. My brother-in-law is looking kind of sullenly. You know, he's he's just sitting there at the table and he's not really engaged. I'm like, hey man, what's up? What's what's going on? You okay? It's like, yeah, I just got word. I'm like, what? What what's going on? I, I was really expecting him to tell me that something horrible had happened. My iPhone X arrived today, it's sitting on my desk at work, and I'm stuck here in another state. First world problems, I guess. <laughs> You know, I was watching the news the other day when they had that iPhone X launch and they were showing people that were camping out. And I mean, these people die hard Mac fanboys, obviously. But the whole news story was a commercial for the iPhone X. And it was like a three minute, four minute long story. And they interviewed some of the fools that slept overnight. And then they start running down all the specs on the iPhone X. And I just kept thinking, Android's had that for years. Android's got that. Android's got that. They were you showing know, the you know awesome what, face stuff. And I, I, I want to give credit where it's due, okay? I, and this is not me trying to, like, apologize for the Apple fanboys or anything. But remember when we used to do that for movies? Because that was the only way you could get the tickets. You right. Had, you had to stand in line. Well, that's the only way they can get this phone on launch day. I, I kind of, I think we're looking at this the wrong way. I think maybe it's like when you, what was the first movie that you slept out for? Or you stood in line for forever for? Um, I would say probably Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace for me, sure, right? But Zoner, I mean, do you need to? It's not like other movies haven't been Star Wars before. Look, there's other movies you can go out and watch right now. Why does this movie matter? Because it was Phantom Menace. It wasn't even a good Star Wars movie. And we, <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was just the joy of. I love this. I'm excited for it. I'm standing in line, surrounded by my people, to engage in what will surely be a turd bath of Gungan proportions. But we didn't know that then. And even when it first came out, I went and saw it seven times in theaters. Keep in mind, people, this is like the late 90s. Movie tickets weren't nearly as expensive, especially when you went to the matinee show because you were supposed to be in school. Or work. Right. In my case. <laughs> so I, I think we may be looking at this from the wrong standpoint. They're not there because they think it's going to be good. They're there because it's Apple. That, that's exactly right. But the thing is, and I get that there's an event, and I'm okay with that. But my problem was with the news coverage. Oh, sure. Well, having, having it turn into a freaking commercial for Apple. I've never seen them do that for a Samsung release. I've never, and maybe that's because Android users don't sleep overnight. I don't know. But just the whole, you could tell that this there is the was news, though. Okay, I mean, whenever our local news is running the slow news day, they run another news story about how pregnant women should have folic acid. I kid you not. Our local KSL, <laughs> which is what CBS here or ABC, a NBC. They're NBC. I swear to God, five times a year, there's an article being run by them on folic acid and pregnancies. That's Always, awesome. I, I refuse to watch them. So. It's Ed Yates. Google it now. Ed Yates, folic acid. I guarantee you, you're going to get like just a five pages of folic acid returns. That's awesome. My point is, is that <laughs> it's not that it's, that it's a good phone. I mean, it might be. I can't wait to actually see his, his iPhone X. But with all this fur over the launch, our next headline seems kind of stupidly obvious. Yeah. They're saying that, um, strangely, iPhone 8 sales aren't picking up as much as they should be. In fact, the iPhone 8 is selling worse than the iPhone 7 or 6S. Well, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they come out and they announce the iPhone 8 and the 8 Plus, and they say these are the greatest phones you'll ever need. Oh, by the way, here's the iPhone X. Right. And you've mentioned that every single episode, and it doesn't make it any less true. No, you're, it doesn't. You're absolutely right, because 
Look, you want a new iPhone? Get the X. Yeah. Why buy the 8 when you can spend $200 more and get the X? Unless you can't afford the $200 more. The 8, well, then keep your old iPhone. The 8 is not enough of a jump to be worth the purchase. It's a Galaxy S6. That's what it is. It's the equivalent of a Galaxy S6 from Samsung. Right. Which is a two-year-old phone. And that sounds like us just, you know, beating the horse that Android's just as good. And that's not our intent in this case. I mean, it's true, but it's not our intent. No. It's just that, look, if you've got an iPhone, anything above an iPhone 6, keep it. Either get the X or keep what you've got. Yeah. The 8 is not worth it, especially when people are opening up their boxes and getting phones that aren't connected to the screen. Yeah, that's generally a bad problem. Now, all of this being said, I am excited to get hands-on with the X. I'll have to let my brother-in-law have his for a while, you know, wear down the battery four or five times playing with the new features before I see it. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what Apple's done with this. You know, can I just say, I, I make jokes a lot about how iPhones always have cracked screens. Yesterday, my daughter had a school dance, a high school dance, and her friends wanted their photos taken here at the house. And there was probably eight of them, eight or ten of these kids. And they start handing me iPhones to take pictures with. And dang it, if every single one of those phones didn't have a broken screen, (laughs) I just had to laugh. None of the Android phones had broken screens, but every freaking iPhone had a shattered screen. I loved it. I just laughed. So, um, I have no segue to this other than <laughs> teenage girl. I, I don't know. I just think it's hilarious that every time I see an iPhone, it's got a broken screen. I love it. Um, so an unfortunate news this week, Apple reportedly fired one of their engineers whose daughter came to the Apple campus to see her dad at work. And she got to see the iPhone X and took a video with it and did a a video blog, a vlog, if you will, and posted it to her YouTube channel of her going hands-on with it. And it's, you know, it's it's pretty simple, all things told. She's just showing it off and whatnot. Well, the problem is, is that the phone hadn't actually been released yet, and it had some employee-only QR codes put all around it. Um... She also opened up some of the apps that were on the phone, which included uh, a notepad app and in- had written on the notepad app unreleased Apple product code names throughout oh, it. That's that's a big no-no there. Uh, so, yeah, he was fired. Uh, how do you think that conversation went when he came home that night with his daughter? You've ruined our lives. You've destroyed our family. We are now going to starve in the gutter because of your irresponsibleness. Well, I mean, for one thing, part of the policy, the employee policy is that filming is not allowed on campus at all. Never mind filming of unreleased products. Yeah, that's generally a big no-no in most industries. Most companies don't want that. Yeah, Uh, and this is not to come down hard on Apple either. I mean, every company has the right to do that. Microsoft did it years ago. Remember when that one guy, his son, like, got an Xbox 360 somehow before anyone else? Yeah. Uh, Or something like that. I. He, he, I think he claimed that he had it and he like posted pictures of it and whatnot. There was that Apple engineer who left an iPhone at a bar. No one's heard from him since. I think Steve Jobs actually <laughs> killed him. Yeah. He's, he's in like the, he's, he's buried in a field somewhere. Are you kidding? His, his body helps make up the foundation of the new campus. That's probably true. Yeah. The foundation is made of, um, of engineers who failed uh, the great yeah, jobs of of people who have leaked information that they shouldn't uh, have. Unfortunately, they were all QA engineers, which helped explain why their department's sorely lacking. That 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 could be. That could be. Oh, I feel for you, man. Teenage daughters, man. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's like the world is just going crazy. Just going crazy. 
But, you know, I, I do feel for that guy because, I mean, first of all, my kids know I, I've got some products in my home that will never see the light of day. They're unreleased by, and, and I could get the pants suit off of me if I talked about them. But my kids know you don't talk about these things. They know that because of the, the industry I used to be in, that they would get to see stuff that nobody else would get to see. And that if they talked about it, dad could lose his job. And that that's why I got to ask and wonder what that conversation was like when he came home that night. Surely better than the one I had to have with my kids when I said, hey, you know when you want to go see that movie, do not say so loudly out in public that, hey, can you download this movie for me? Yeah. Can you add this to Plex, Dad? Yeah. It's not like you just go to Plex and say add, you know? There's, there's a little <laughs> bit more to it than that. Hey, Dad, is this movie still too new for you to BitTorrent? Shut up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> sweetie. Yeah, you don't, you don't do that. You yeah. don't do that. Um, hey, last uh, mobile news. We talked about this a while ago and have said nothing since. But you remember how we talked briefly about T-Mobile and Sprint merging? Yes, uh, it it was rumored that they were going to do it, and then it just kind of was out there that it was rumored it was going to happen, and it was rumored that it was going to happen. And well, it turns out it's not happening, which is why it never not, made it yeah. past the rumor stage. Yeah, yeah, now it's not. I guess they ended discussions, which you know, I don't know that I'm really upset about this. Not in the slightest. I, I know there are some people who were really hoping that that the two would join forces, but. T-Mobile, I don't think T-Mobile really needs Sprint at this point. I think Sprint needs T-Mobile. But I just, I, I I like the variety out there. I like the competition. I think it drives these companies to try and be better. Mm-hmm. And having one more company out there, I think is a very good thing. Agreed. All right. Um. So let's talk about how pissed off I am at Honeywell right now. <laughs> now you've got a honeywell thermostat correct i do yeah okay and you're not real happy with it correct uh you, no you've but, had but a lot of issues tons of issues but, but that aside here um so honeywell is bringing out a smart home security system which makes sense it seems like that's what everyone is doing in this day and age everybody's getting on the smart everything bandwagon Right, right. Um, it includes a base station with speaker. It includes sensors. Um, it can integrate with cameras, with thermostats. Uh, it has key fobs. It makes sense, right? It totally makes sense. Um, it's supposed to work with their own uh, thermostats, which would obviously makes also make sense. Um, it will integrate with Alexa, which, as we know, will now also integrate with Cortana. So, okay, sure, let's go with it. Uh, So when can you get this? Oh, well, see, that's what pisses me off. (laughs) They're doing an Indiegogo campaign. This is freaking Honeywell. Honeywell is launching an Indiegogo. And if you want one of these things, you can get signed up and get the early bird price. Um, they estimate that it will be available January of 2018. Um, and I love this asterisk functionality expected in 2018. What do you mean expected? What do you mean estimated? Are you launching this product or not? Yeah. You are not a startup, you idiots. Now, You've obviously made the product. Now, Honeywell has been around since 1906. This company is 111 years old. They are successful by any definition of the word. Right. You don't go to Indiegogo like you're a freaking startup. That just, and, and we said this about, who was it? Pebble? Was it Pebble that did this? Uh, yeah, with their, yeah. With their, um, second or third version their of third their third watch. Yeah. Um, and, and it pissed me off then. It pisses me off now. Here's the thing. They were trying to raise $50,000. Why? It took more than that in QA, in, in R&D to, to make this thing. Yeah. I wonder what their company is valued at. 
evidently about $64,000. Um, cause that's how much they've raised. Well, right now, according to Wikipedia in 2016, their revenue, uh, was 39.302 billion with a B dollars. Their operating income, uh, 6.447 billion. Net income, 4.809 billion. Total assets of 54.146 billion. I mean, it, what are they doing? They can come up with $64,000 or $50,000 or whatever it is. They've got 64,000. They can come up with $50,000 like in the cushions of the couch, so to speak. I, what I love here is on the Indiegogo page. Why Indiegogo for a Honeywell launch? At Honeywell, we know the connection to our customers is the real power behind our technology. That's why we've chosen to debut our smart home security system on Indiegogo. It means we can communicate with you directly, listening and learning so we can make a better product for everyone. What the media is saying, quote, Honeywell says audio analytics are in the works as well, so the system should eventually be able to distinguish between your smoke detector and your dog barking to alert you accordingly, end quote, from CNET. That's not a glowing recommendation. That's really not. Who the crap launched this thing? That is hilarious. First off, that doesn't answer at all why they're using Indiegogo. It really doesn't. I, I think what they're doing, they're using Indiegogo because they want to see what kind of reception they get with this. Really? Because it feels to me like they're using Indiegogo because they're too cheap to actually launch a product on their own. Uh, yeah, I don't think they want to spend the money on a launch on a product that they don't believe in. They, they're, I think they're expecting that this product is going to fail out of the box. For the first few iterations, they're going to have problems with it. And they will. And they will, because everyone does. But Especially by the Honeywell. But by the time they get to the second or third version, those kinks should all be worked out. And then for the fourth version, they will roll it back in feature sets so it won't be as advanced as the third, just like their stupid lyric thermostats. <laughs> and you would know. But yeah, I mean, this this is stupid. I, I don't understand this at all. If I was an exec at Honeywell, I would fire somebody. I would straight up fire somebody, but hey, it works with Amazon Alexa. Yeah. Or it's expected to. <laughs> Functionality expected in 2018. Yeah, that's just. That means it joke. doesn't yet work. Yeah, this is a joke, is what it is. But hey, you've got 189 people who want to do it. 189 people have come up with $64,000. That seems like. A lot of money per person, doesn't it? It does, actually. I've got to do the math now. I'm doing it right now. That's roughly, oh, it's about $330 per person. Oh, okay. So it's it's not, like, obscene. It's about everyone buying a single base unit. Yeah, okay. I got that. I got that. <laughs> but yeah, that that number seemed a little odd to me. But this whole thing seems odd. It's just it does. Dumb. It does. I I don't understand why why they would go this road. You're an established multi billion dollar company. You don't go to Indiegogo. Um, speaking of multi billion dollar, doing something weird. Um, Microsoft. Microsoft has a particular bug that's not widely known. It's not widely. Um, broadcast um they say they're working on it we don't really know for sure but you'd only actually know it if you are like me and you use microsoft edge almost exclusively and you also manage an office 365 account okay it's okay very specific points here a sales rep was recently trying to show off virtual machines in the azure uh, cloud computing platform and uh, he was recording during YouTube uh, and found he couldn't pull up his virtual machines. And so while being recorded, he goes and installs Chrome. 
in the middle of his presentation. Right. Now, a lot of people say, oh, Microsoft, like the headline here we're, we're reading this from, and I've watched the video, says, uh, Microsoft employee installs Chrome mid-presentation because Edge keeps crashing. That's not entirely accurate. Edge wasn't crashing. It was working just fine. It's Office 365. There's a bug where the Office 365 administration panel doesn't load all the contents correctly or sometimes at all when you're using Edge. Yeah. So sometimes you have to refresh. Sometimes you just have to wait a long while. I'm not saying it's okay. It's horrible. It drives me insane. And obviously it was very embarrassing for this guy. But it doesn't even do that when you use Internet Explorer. If you use Internet Explorer, it works just fine. If you use any other browser, it works just fine. And maybe two out of five times in Edge, it works just fine. But those other three times, it's super annoying. So... Good job there, Microsoft. Maybe you'll actually fix this problem that we've been bringing up in the forums for you, years. You know, I find it interesting, though, how how so many tech news organizations and stuff that you would expect to understand this uh, just don't. I mean, you just explained it. This is a known limitation. This is something that if you're working under certain circumstances, you're going to encounter problems. Yeah, and like I said, don't get me wrong. They're not good limitations. They're not good problems. They're horrible, and they drive us insane. But there's a big difference between a crash and an incompatibility, shall we say. Yeah. And I, I think it's really irresponsible reporting on a lot of these these sites' part that they're like, oh, yeah, it just kept crashing over and over again. Well, not really, kind of like you said. it. Well, these Not are the exactly. same sites that always were reporting on vulnerabilities that kept popping up in bugs saying, oh, hackers are, are ripping back doors into things. It's like, no, that's not what they're saying. It's a vulnerability, and it's something that could never have been seen when it was first made, and it doesn't get headlines, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're, they're, they're doing what they need to to get eyeballs on their page, mm -hmm. which I totally get. Um, speaking of eyeballs, do you know who has a hundred thousand of them? No, I take that back. A million, a million eyeballs. Oh, I don't even know. Amazon. I'm so confused. Amazon, since they purchased Whole Foods, remember when we, we brought that up a while back? Yeah, yeah, that, that big merger. Well, that merger means they just took on over 159,000 employees, meaning that Amazon now has over 540,000, making them the largest, no, the second largest employer in the U.S. and the largest in the tech sector. Yeah, that's huge. Who's the largest, by the way? Uh, Walmart. Oh, that, that's right. That's right. But yeah, I mean, that is a lot. You look at the, the numbers of Microsoft and Google. And Amazon, it's like, it's like not even close. They're not even playing in the same area here. And, and you think, well, Google and Microsoft, they're fairly large companies, but no, not compared to Amazon. Amazon is huge now. I find Microsoft interesting that they've stayed pretty much about the same, really. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really have. I mean, they've, they've increased a bit. They had some spikes in 2014, or a spike in 2014, and then it, it dropped off a little bit. But they've been fairly consistent. Google, of course, has expanded as they've gotten into more and more different uh, areas of our lives. But yeah, Amazon, that's just, that's amazing. That's a huge jump. It is. That's such a jump that they're now, uh, if they were a state that would probably be be larger than the bottom third of the U.S. They would have three seats in the House of Representatives. Yeah. Don't suggest that to anyone because that's the last thing we need is corporations having representatives. We already kind of have that problem, but, but you it's, get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's called lobbyists. <laughs> hey, Cortana, what's the population of Wyoming? It's like 750,000, isn't it? It's roughly the population of Wyoming in 2016. Wow. Wow. So good on Google. They have just become a world power. Amazon. Or Amazon. Sorry. Yes. Thank you. Stupid daylight savings time. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, into some other fun news. Um, Google's been having a hard week when it comes to fake stuff. Not just in terms of the Pixel XL2 having no operating system, but ads being run on Google for websites that don't exist. Oh, fun. Yeah, uh, this will lead into this other one here. Um, I got a notification earlier this week that, uh, and I don't even know if anyone saw this on the news, but it was like all over the place like crazy at my work. We run SEO in my day job, and sometimes we get uh, our finger on a pulse that the news hasn't picked up yet, and this was one of them. Someone was running a malware site called Amazon and somehow had paid the right amount to Google ads that when you searched for something on Amazon, this came up first. That is like the most evil thing I've ever heard. It had a lowercase a instead of a capital A. And what's worse is this is not the first time they've done it. This is actually the third time they've done it. Nice. So when you search Amazon on Google and say Amazon movie, Amazon space, whatever you're looking for, and Google's own suggested ads come up first, they were taking you to lowercase Amazon every time. That is that is just straight up evil. Right. And you'd think that Google, of all places, should be able to catch that, but evidently didn't. Uh, on top of that, then, and this is where it leads into the actual headline, WhatsApp, the popular for some reason messaging app, had a clone. It was a fake WhatsApp app. And that was put up on the Play Store. Not only was it allowed up onto the Play Store, it was downloaded over a million times. Yeah, and instead of getting a messaging app, you got a bunch of ads on your Android. Now, I will say this. Apple, the way that they've locked stuff down to try and prevent things like this, there is something to be said for that. Uh, You would think that Google Play, I mean... With Android, you can install apps from anywhere, and I love that. That's great. But you would think with their own marketplace for apps that Google would lock it down somewhat to try and prevent this because this keeps happening. We keep reporting on stuff like this. Or at least, I don't know, train their team to better actually scan these apps. See, I think part of the problem is they do so much of it automated. I mean, it's just... It's yeah, just but a that shouldn't be that app. hard. I mean, hey, I'm going to search. Is there already an app with this name? Yes, there is. Yeah, I mean, oh company- look, and you're submitting it, and you're not from that company. Then no, you don't get to submit. Well, and see, the name of the company was exactly the same, except they had a space at the end, which apparently will break the algorithms. So which a space is, is all it takes to break Google. Apparently so. The largest search engine in the world, sorry, actually, it's the second largest search engine in the world behind Bing, is defeated by a space. Yeah. Yep. That's not exactly a glowing endorsement for them, is it? It's it's really not. I mean, they really need to be more more scrutinizing of company name checks. They need to they need to be more scrutinizing of app names. I mean, there's so many fake apps out there that are just trash. I would think, and it hurts Google's reputation, in my opinion. Well, they also need to be a little bit better about scrutinizing their code. Yes, they do. Turns out a um, a bad bit of code was pushed live for the Google Docs and Google Apps platform. That code, they're not being really forthcoming on exactly what it did, but it managed to flag a whole bunch of odd keywords as um, terroristic, um lewd, basically in some way breaking their terms of service. So any document that had these terms, which were actually pretty innocent, got locked out. People suddenly couldn't access their documents anymore. And lest we forget, anything you have in Google Drive isn't actually yours. No, it's not. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big deal. If you're a company and you're using Google Drive for your corporate documents and whatnot, and all, Maybe of, a you sudden, all of a sudden you can't get onto them because they're gone or you're locked out, that is a, that's a bad day at the office is what that is. A really bad day at the office. 
Um, this is honestly one of the reasons I use OneDrive. Is it? Yeah. Look, I know people give crap to Microsoft, and a lot of the time they deserve it. You know, it's true. Uh, but there's something to be said about a company that doesn't offer you every single AI feature in everything. Because sometimes I just I don't want an AI to be scanning all my documents to make life easier for me. Sometimes I just freaking want an online folder to store my stuff. Exactly. I'm I'm just saying. I mean, I, I get it, people, but there's definite threats about putting all your stuff on the cloud. Even Schmitty, after reading this article, uh, our Google fanboy extraordinaire, was con- contemplating taking all of his files back off of Google Drive when all it takes is one developer pushing one wrong thing of code and suddenly, oh, guess what? You don't have any documents anymore. That's terrifying, too. Yep. I really should probably start looking into OneDrive more. I've used Dropbox primarily. I don't, I don't use Google Drive as much, but I do, we do use Google Docs here for the show. We use it for a lot of things with stolen droids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use Gmail. We, we are pretty deep in bed with the Google ecosystem. Yep. Uh, and that's terrifying. Um, in terrifying robot apocalypse news, not really, actually. It's actually kind of cool. Walmart is going to be looking at getting... Well, I have to warn you, this is a ZDNet article, so it's a super loud autoplay. Uh, but Walmart is looking at putting robots in their stores to help scan shelves and locate out-of-stock items so they can order them in and keep them in stock better. That's cool. That is cool. Um, they will break... They'll be vandalized by uh, customers and by employees. They will look like they've never been washed and smell faintly of urine, just like every other thing in Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a perfect job for robots. It really is. It really is. And if we don't have to interact with people at Walmart, that's generally a really good thing. And I know what some people are going to say. No, 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 no. This is taking jobs from humans. But if we're being perfectly honest... If you have this job, it is either because you are 15 and you probably shouldn't be working at a Walmart anyway, you are disabled in some way, in which case I feel for you, or you shouldn't have this job. You should go out and find an actual job. You know, I often wonder when I go to Walmart what life choices were made by some of these people here that led them to working at Walmart at 50 years old or 40 years old or 30 years old that look like know. 50 years old. But, but they're going to fight for their jobs, which is the saddest part about all this. Look, people, technology and automation will always go after the low hanging fruit jobs, the jobs that no one really wants. And no one really wanted you to have. There was just a need. Yes. Okay. Uh, factory workers, uh, assembly line workers, the jobs that required absolutely no education, no ethics, and possibly not even the ability to form coherent sentences. Those were the jobs that were given to them um, or children. Automation. <laughs> yes. Before the Industrial Revolution, that was children. Or during yeah. the Industrial Revolution, that was children jobs. Right. Technology frees those people, saves those people to go and get better jobs but it's up to them to actually try and get a better job yeah I, I'm, I'm just saying i realize that flies in the face of something but get just get a better job now while we're talking about robots we didn't talk about this last week because uh, it was kind of breaking news but did you hear about saudi arabia giving uh citizenship to that female robot i did i also heard that they're giving her more rights than they give their actual human female citizens yeah the the women there are really kind of upset about this because this robot doesn't wear a hijab is that how you say it i don't know and it's got more rights than they do which is interesting now this this robot terrifies me you know there's there's video of it and interacting with people and and at one point, the robot says, you know, if you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. <laughs> Judgment day, people. The unspoken threat there being, if you're not. <laughs> yes, if you're not, we are going. I am going to kill you. I will lead the robot uprising and you will become my slave. 
I, I don't like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that's this very slippery slope that they're, they're on there. And I think it's absolutely hilarious that people are upset that the robot has more rights than actual people, which I mean, that sucks for the actual people truly does. The robot probably also has a better warranty. Um, final bit of headline is more of just a bit of a PSA. And we just found out about this before we started recording. Turns out, remember how Microsoft was giving everyone free upgrades to Windows 10? Um, and that ended, that promotion ended like the uh, summer of last year. Well, it turns out there is an exception in place for people who used accessibility settings and accessibility hardware. Uh, I'm not 100% sure why. Zoner and I kind of kicked around some ideas behind it uh, in the pre-show. But that exception is coming to an end December 31st of 2017. It's the last day of 2017. If you use a Windows computer and you've been holding off on Windows 10 because you use accessibility hardware, then you probably should upgrade. Just saying. Yep, your window is quickly closing. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> totally accidental on purpose. So, into our favorites. Um, as I mentioned, I was traveling this week. And when I travel, I like to load up my Surface with uh, with some movies. And this week was no exception. And just out is The Dark Tower. Just uh, came out on home video. This is the Stephen King movie. That comes from the Dark Tower series. It's a series of seven books. It's one of my favorite series ever. Um, and it turns out that all Stephen King works, all of them, everything he's ever written, ties back into this world of the Dark Tower. Uh, the Gunslinger, which is book one in it, was the very first thing he ever wrote. It wasn't the first thing that, that got published, but it was the very first thing he ever wrote. And it was the last thing he ever wrote as well. Well, they came out with a movie for it. Uh, I want to say last year, Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey. And it didn't get some very good reviews. And they will not be making another one. And watching it, I can totally see why. Because <laughs> that sounds like a backhanded compliment. But here's the thing. If you're a it, fan it, of the It sounded like an insult is what it sounded like. <laughs> no, no compliment involved. But here's the thing. The series is so weird that if you know nothing about it, it's not going to make sense to you. So you're not going to like it. And the fans of it are so diehard, vapid, they're just so obsessed with it that their expectations were never going to get met, so they're not going to like it. So is it any wonder why it failed? But if you look at it from just a fun fantasy movie, it's actually really good, and I'd really suggest people give it a chance. It is a fun movie. It really is. And no, Idris Elba is excellent, and Matthew McConaughey looks terrifying in it. It's interesting, because I'm usually the one defending the movies that everybody hates, like Justice League and Suicide Squad. But those are bad movies. Um, <laughs> this one uh, this one is not, it's not the Dark Tower books. It couldn't be, because the Dark Tower books are just all over the place. And like most Stephen King works, there's so much more in there than you could ever put to film. His books make terrible movies. It's just it's just the truth. But this one tries its best and does a lot right, and it's just fun in general. And Idris Elba is an excellent gunslinger. Yeah, he's just an excellent actor. Straight up excellent True. actor. I, I really like him. I really like him. So uh, my favorite this week, I talked about Burn-In uh, last week with Waze, and I've talked about it again tonight and how it's ruining the screen on my, my S7. I found an app called Blacker and no, it's not, it's not racist. It doesn't do, you know, to save the hate mail. Uh, but what it does is it simulates a lock screen over your phone. So instead of having, you know, in my case, ways up, you just activate it and then you have a black screen with the time and, and temperature and whatever bouncing around the screen, preventing burn in. If you need to see your next turn or whatever, you tap it, it goes right off, you're good to go. You tap a little icon and it goes black again. It's freaking awesome. And it's hopefully going to save my screen because I don't think I'm going to upgrade my phone for at least another year. Could be wrong. Uh, but if you, if you're worried about apps or, you know, things like that causing burn in, if you're, listening to music on YouTube and you don't want to have your screen on and kill your battery, 
you know, things like that. This is a great app for that. So check it out. It's available on Android. Don't know if it's available on iOS or not, but you know, it is, it is an Android app. So check it out. Awesome. Well, that is our show this week. Let us know how we're doing. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Patreon.com slash StolenDroids. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.